<clears throat> okay. Microphone check. Check one, two. Check one, two. Okay. All right. Got that figured out. I had some technical difficulties, but uh, we got her going. BP Hero Podcast. Season 7, episode number 14, where we will announce the winner of the... Uh, what am I doing? I absolutely butchered this live notification title. There we go. <clears throat> okay, so anyway... BB Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode 14, where we will announce the Facebook photo contest winner, TFTI, and a couple more topics. Going to be a short one tonight. But it's still the podcast. It's what we're here for. Here for the content. Here for the grind. And real quick, while we do our usual, letting everybody kind of file in, find their way in here. Share this thing around, would you? I'll even make it easy for you. I'm going to go to the BP Hero Facebook page. And I'm going to post it there. And you guys can just share it. Of course, if you're members of Facebook. What's up, Eric? How you doing, buddy? I, myself, I'm doing good. Ready for this podcast. There's Geo checking in. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, Eric, I uh, I knew you were the photographer of sorts. I didn't know if you had uh, like any pictures of, of you playing ball. That's kind of the idea behind it was um, just to try and engage with uh, some people posting photos of themselves. I greatly appreciate uh, the art form and people going out and doing photography of the fields and things like that. But it's hard for me to give an award to somebody that I don't know who's in the picture. I kind of wanted it to be whoever's in the picture would be the one kind of receiving the award. <clears throat> yeah, Eric, and that's cool too. I think, um, so I, I was talking with somebody else about this. Maybe uh, next time we'll do like a, a, a photos you have captured thing. Give me just a second here. Okay. I'm not willing to admit that there's gray hair in my beard, but there is. And some of it found its way into the microphone. <laughs> Q, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Um, how is the music level tonight, by the way? I meant to ask that. Made a couple of subtle adjustments.
Okay. Okay, get that done. I'm trying to get these photos ready to display. Just about missed going live here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm quiet. I'm sitting here trying to focus. Almost missed going live. I was in the... Uh... Oh, you're just going to go ahead and put them up there. Okay. Well, we're not ready for that yet. Okay, there we go. Finally got that squared away. So, anyway. Uh, what's up, Adam? How you doing, buddy? Okay, Q, that's kind of what I was going for with the music. Uh, you can hear it, but it's not overpowering. Like I said, it's just something to fill the silence. Because think about it. While I'm sitting here kind of, you know, doing my thing, um, if it would just be like complete silence. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, Geo, it's not rock. I'm sorry, buddy. Find me something that won't get my videos flagged and we can talk. Uh, Eric, so I actually asked Mrs. Hero if she wanted to be on here tonight. Uh, she said she wasn't feeling it, and that's completely fine. We're not going to force her to do anything she don't want to do. But uh, I did tell her uh, there is another microphone here, and she's more than welcome to join us. Sometimes it's kind of nice, even like I, <laughs> I, I kind of figured this out last week. So uh, if you're if you know Gabe at all personally, or I guess know of him and that kind of thing, like. He he's not really like involved in social media and that stuff anymore. Like logs into Facebook maybe once a week. I mean, I, I tell the dude and I say it with love, like he lives under a rock. So when he comes onto the podcast, I knew he was gonna be like way out of the loop, like he doesn't keep up with any softball stuff anymore. He's not really into playing ball. Uh he he's just way more focused on uh, other things outside of softball. And that's completely fine. 100% fine. And we wanted to do uh, a podcast, kind of, you know, run it back for the OG days. And I had a blast. I thought it was a lot of fun. And even not being in the loop, like, obviously, we, did, we talked about softball a little bit. But I also found that, like, it doesn't even need to be somebody involved with softball. I kind of figured that out with, with, with having him on. We could talk softball a little bit, but it, sometimes it's just somebody to, like, bounce conversation off of. Even if it's, oh, you know, oh, wow, well, why is that? Or, you know, why are they doing this? Well, when are they going to change that? Or, you know, uh, explain what you mean because I don't know because I'm out of the loop. It's just nice to have people to bounce conversation off of, you know? So it's kind of nice. Um, this Obviously, it's not going to be something he does all the time because he's not back this week. But maybe that's something we'll look forward to in the future. Maybe we need to do, like, um, what do you want to call it? Like a 
like an American Idol thing where like we have have a different guest every week and then everybody votes on their favorite guest and then he's the new co-host of the BP Hero podcast. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Jason Herndon, how you doing, buddy? No metal, no metal, Geo. We can't do metal for background music in a podcast. That's just a bit too extreme. <laughs> yeah, so um, Gabe's still playing a little bit of league softball. Uh, he and I have been um, slowly dabbling more into the golf game a little bit. This wasn't something I planned on talking about on the podcast, but I'll briefly kind of breeze over it, you might say. Um, man, I'm just I'm just about over playing sanctioned softball. Like, maybe it's better in other places. Maybe we don't go the right places. Um, I want to compete. I want to play um, with a good team, and I, I have... 100% been given that opportunity this year, but it's just hard. Like, you get, you know, 15 D teams and, and 15 E teams show up for a tournament and literally no C teams. If you want to play C, you've got to drive four, four and a half. Like, if you're in St. Louis and you're wanting to play uh, C that's anywhere remotely close, there might be stuff in Illinois because I don't keep track of what goes on that far away. You can go up to, like, uh, Chatham or Springfield or maybe Decatur. I know every once in a great while they have a tournament up there. Uh, but for the most part, if you live in the Missouri area, your choice is to drive to Kansas City or the Kansas City area to play C. It's it just, I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating to finally make the leap into uh, playing C ball. I've, I've had the C tag for a while now. But never really, like, legitimately gave playing on a C team a, a legitimate run. Thought that would be a good opportunity to do that this year um, with, with my, my good friend Damon Volkart. And we, we just can't get it together. It's 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 not the team. It's not anything. It's just finding places to play. Or the rain. We've been rained out a couple times um, in finding teams to sign up. I don't know. It is what it is. Um, people way too worried about who signed up to do what or whatever else. Like if you're from the local area, then you know that there's a C team that, that's – um, been around for a minute, you know, playing at the C and D level. They're playing C right now, um, successfully this year. They're they're doing pretty well, and there is also a D team. They've also they're also running a D team, and everyone sees that the team name is the same between C and D, and everybody sees the D team signed up. And everybody just starts freaking out. I mean, the second everybody sees the team name, everyone starts freaking out. Why are they here? What are they doing? Who are they playing with? Is their roster legit? Somebody needs to check their roster. I'm bringing $100. Everybody bring your IDs. We're going to protest this roster and yada, yada, yada. Like, it must just be the day and age of softball that people are way too worried about Who's on the other side of the? Uh, who's on the other side of the field? Who's in the other dugout? Who's playing on this team? Who's playing on that team? Like, pardon my French, but I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn who's playing on the other side of the ball. Show up and play. 
that's not my problem. That's not the problem we're having. The problem we're having is filling tournaments or rainouts. But there's so many D teams. You're telling me we can't fluff some of these teams up to play C at all. I don't know. And the, and the other thing that gets weird with that is maybe if you get bumped, I know I kind of discussed this last week, uh, the idea of being bumped when you shouldn't be, but maybe it's a deal where if you get bumped, you can't appeal for a year. I know NCC bumps, which is the uh, national committee, basically. They, when you get that bump, you are stuck there for two years, no matter what. You cannot appeal down. But maybe that just needs to be something, whether it's an NCC bump or whatever else, maybe you can appeal for a year because you got guys that get bumped to bump to C and they can appeal back down to be D elite, which basically means you can't play uh, D or lower. Or sorry, you you can play D, but you can't play lower. Uh, for those unfamiliar with kind of the roster terminology things, if I'm a, if I'm a D player, I can go play E. That E team can have up to three players from the class up from it. But if I'm D elite, I cannot play down to E. So you get guys getting bumped from D to C, and then they appeal back down to D elite. What was the point of bumping them so they can play another year D? So you get issues like that, and then you also run into issues where you get a whole team of guys that gets bumped, then they all just disperse and go play on other D teams somewhere else. They'll start their own D team, or they'll find other D teams to play with, or some of them will win their appeals and stay with their teams. You know, you'll have guys that will show up with one or two roster changes and be the same team again the next year. It's hard to get teams to play up when things like that happen. You know? And it, <laughs> I'm sitting here reading the comments, and at least it makes it seem like uh, it, it's not just here. But I, I will tell you, uh, Quentin said it here, uh, Podunk Worlds for the win. <laughs> Nobody's sanctioned. There's no nothing. The only thing you have, if you are remotely successful in like the the podunk recreational fundraiser softball circuit, is the fact that if you're good, you're even remotely successful. You get a lot of people just just want just want you to lose. I've discussed it a couple different times. In the picture from that day, it was actually posted in the photo contest, <laughs> and I thought it was funny. I even commented on it and said. You know, uh, what was it? Uh, the day we had a fan club or, or something, the night we had a fan club. Basically, every team we knocked out of the tournament was sticking around to watch us lose. In like cheering for us to lose. And not just like watching, you know, hanging out, doing their thing, like like cheering and ooing and eyeing and in the stands talking trash and, and this and that and carry on like, that's the stuff you'll run into, and you run into that in sanction ball too. Don't get me wrong, but that's the stuff you run into when you play like the smaller, like unsanctioned. I like to call it podunk stuff. Uh, it's be, kind of become the running joke within my like my circle of friends 
is uh, the World Fair Circuit. <laughs> you know, it seems like every time there's a fair or a carnival or a festival like the 4th of July or um, the, the city's yearly festival, there's a softball tournament. And so it, it, it has so been named uh, the World Fair Circuit. If you go to dominating that, then you, you have your group of haters. But <laughs> the, the nice thing about that is there's no sanctions. There's no sanctioned fees. There's no worrying about this guy, that guy showing up. Half the time, teams sign up, and like you'll have your established teams that like just play exclusively that stuff. Like you can look at the bracket and see, okay, I know that team, I know who's on it, or sorry, I know who runs that team. But like it may be a different group of guys every week. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You can't get on their ro- you can't get online and uh, look at their roster and say, oh, well, so and so is playing, we're not going, or they need to spot us run. So they've got this person, they've got that person. Do you run into stacked teams playing that kind of stuff? Sure. But you show up and play. You show up and play not knowing what to expect. And, you, and, and a lot of the things, too, with stuff like that is you show up to play and have fun. I've played against teams that go to that stuff and go 0-2 or go 0-3 that I guarantee you had more fun than some of the teams that win games at these tournaments. Message being, sanctioned softball isn't all it's cracked up to be. And for <laughs> making a making my first attempt at playing sea ball, I, I think I think I'm ready to just play the World Fair Circuit. <laughs> if we're going to get four teams a tournament, if it doesn't get rained out, it's dope. But enough about that. See, catching up with the comments here. Uh, yeah, Geo, Podunk Worlds for the win. Absolutely. Jason Herndon says $450 to $700 for a tournament. Oh my gosh, that's insane. SSUSA Midwest Senior Championships was $575. That's crazy. Like, And I know, like, when you start getting into like world tournaments and, and, um, regionals and, and all that kind of stuff. I understand that stuff gets expensive. Like last year, or no, it was two years ago, uh, there was NSA uh, Super Worlds, which to mind, NSA has got kind of that different way of doing things. <clears throat> but essentially, NSA uh, Super Worlds is the equivalent of USSA Nationals. And that tournament was $475. There was four teams. Four teams signed up. And a lot of other people said, we would have signed up, we had the points, we were eligible, but we didn't want to pay $475 to play softball. That's almost... If the guys split it, you got 10 guys splitting it, that's, that's $47 a guy to... to Nobody nobody shows up planning to lose. But the ultimate reality is if somebody's going to go 0-2, and, and if you just paid $47 to play two games of softball, oof. You know? I don't know. It's just crazy. Just crazy. Anyway, off that soapbox, Gio said he'll be right back. Okay, friend. Mike Reyes, any ASA batch you're looking forward to reviewing? Yes, actually. Um, the We got the new Louisville Slugger Genesis ASA model. We were worried about that one. 
We were worried to begin with, but we got it going. I was like, ooh, we might be in trouble here, but I think Louisville's got it figured out. That's all I'm going to say. So that review will be coming. Got an Onyx from a good subscriber of ours. Really appreciate that. We'll be able, be able to get out and get some swings on that this weekend. <clears throat> and before I get too far into things here, I do want to uh, announce our t-shirt winner, just in case somebody might actually just potentially be here just for that. Or, gosh, I said it again. Our photo contest winner from Facebook. Uh, if you don't keep up with the Facebook page or you don't have Facebook, uh, you should be able to still uh, sneak in just through uh, a Google search and find the BP Hero Facebook page. Uh, basically, I was having a photo contest. Uh, show me a photo of you in action. You know, whether it be just look, you could be in action, you could be just swagged out looking fly, like a cool picture with the background or the sunset, whatever. It's softball, and people take cool pictures, right? We had a lot of we had a lot of submissions. Had almost a hundred pictures. Me and my wife sat down, went through them, condensed it down to ten, and basically said, "Look, we're going to pick three out of these ten for winners. Those three will get some swag from HeadbangerSports.com, courtesy of yours truly." So. Let's unveil our winners. And if Jacob is in here, he's going to rag me for my... Okay, here we go. He's going to rag me for my OBS studio skills. But here we go. We got Dennis Duran. Okay, the guys, these are going to be backwards. So Dennis Duran took second place. And our guy Garrett took first place. This is a really cool picture. I really enjoyed this picture. Garrett Estes, and then Michael Kimmer coming in third place with the gang, winning out in Nevada, tournament champions. That's an awesome picture. What an awesome picture. So congratulations to those guys. If you're here, I'll be hooking up with you afterwards. If not, I'll be hooking up with them afterwards and getting them what they earned. Some swag from headbangersports.com. That was really cool. I was really glad to be able to do that. Catching up comments here again. Sorry. Uh, so, Jason, no, I have not I reviewed the uh, gamer-only Monster Bat. Almost terrified to swing it. <laughs> I saw one guy tried to do a review of it, and his broke, and that basically just blew up in his face. You know, he's posted on Facebook saying, hey, this happened, and uh, the someone, I'll say, basically just came at him completely sideways like hey yo that shouldn't have happened that didn't happen you did something wrong you did this wrong you did that wrong dude bats break sometimes are you telling me that not one time in your life have you bought something that was mass produced that broke when it shouldn't have yeah so Jason um, that that's kind of one of the one of the things i had so let's talk shipping let's talk shipping prices check this out because this is absolutely insane for those that don't know or don't keep up 
I'm gonna add an image. Okay, so here we are. USPS has announced that there will be a ship large for an added charge surcharge uh, added to extra large shipments. If anything is longer than 22 inches, it'll cost you an extra $4 on top of what it would cost you to ship it. Anything longer than 30 inches is going to cost you $15. Anything bigger than 2 cubic feet is going to cost you an extra $15. So now your bat that costs $12 to $15 to ship all of a sudden costs $27 to $30 to ship. And that puts me in a weird spot for a few different reasons. One being, if you've done this at all, then, you know, as far as the swinging bats, trying bats out, flipping bats, dealing bats, then you're familiar with the fact that, like, you're just going to incur the cost of, of, Shipping bats. Sometimes you make money, sometimes you don't. But that's kind of cost you willing to eat, right? Just kind of the name of the game. And that's kind of the deal here. It's one of those deals where it's a cost we incur. We're used to it. And I, I can buy a bat, review it, sell it off, and sometimes break almost even on it before I have to worry about getting another one. But this added $15 charge is really just a thorn in the side, man. And it's not just USPS. That's the thing. It's FedEx. It's UPS. It's everybody. Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm sure you already saw, uh, my man Dennis in the chat here real quick. Yeah, you uh you, you got you you got you you took second place in the little contest. I'll be hitting you up, buddy. We're picking three winners. I'll announce everything on Facebook afterwards. Um you can either hit me up or I'll hit you up. And uh I'll get with you. Sorry, I saw uh Dennis jump in the chat here. <laughs> but yeah, so Jason, I don't know if it's fuel prices affecting stuff. I don't know where it is, but what I can tell you is that it sucks. I greatly appreciate all the support that our subscribers have given us over the years. Sending out just, I mean, countless amounts of stuff. Absolutely countless amounts of stuff. But holy crap, man. Now, not only... Like, I always kind of felt guilty anyway. When it came to... Having people send me bats. Because that's like 12, 15 bucks out of their pocket just so I can try their bat out, so they can see me swing their bat. Again, we'll never not be grateful for that. But I always, I've always felt guilty about it. But the flip side of that is, is if I offered to pay everybody's shipping, then there I am spending 30 to 35 sometimes $40 on a bat just to try it out. At that point, if I'm spending that kind of money, if I'm investing that kind of money in reviewing a bat, I might as well just buy it and lose the money on it myself. 
you know, buy it, review it, sell it, and lose the money for myself. But this extra $15 thing, that means now that person's going to have to spend up to, you know, $25, almost $30 to ship a bat. And then I've got to spend almost $25 to $30 to ship it back. $25 to $30 is again tiptoeing that line of like, do I just buy the bat and lose my ass on it? Or I should say lose my ass. Do I just buy the bat and be willing to lose money on it to review it? Well, now, if I'm if I lose thirty to forty dollars a bat to review it, which is about on average, honestly, what it is, if I pay for my own bats, now I've got an add an extra fifteen dollars to that. That sucks, and I don't really know what I'm going to do about it yet. I don't know. I'm. I'm Really stumped on what to do with that. Just from the standpoint of that's really going to eat up. Not, not, I'm not diving down the road of, of money on YouTube. Yes. It's no, probably no secret. Like I do make money on YouTube. Now, the money that I make on YouTube it basically just makes this an expense free thing for me. I'm not putting money in my pocket. I'm not buying myself gear. I'm not buying myself bats. I'm not doing anything with the money besides sustaining this channel. Gio, I love you, man. But we ain't doing politics. Sorry, brother. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. Maybe I'll just kind of play with play with it and kind of see what happens. Um, maybe this will be an opportunity to kind of start the Patreon thing back up and let you guys uh, support in that in that way in that cause. You know, if, if you're willing to support the channel and spend, you know, twenty five to thirty dollars to get a bat to me, maybe that twenty five or thirty dollars could go towards me buying the bats you guys want to see reviewed and then losing the money doesn't hurt as bad if that makes sense I gotta figure out something because <laughs> as mentioned earlier we're we're just about to the point where it's we just want to dominate the world fair circuit and do bat reviews and golf and bowl we have to golf and bowl as well can't forget about that Got a golfing bowl. Speaking of bowling, I gotta pull something up for you here. So I'm at the bowling alley last night, doing my thing. And I bought my stuff used, right? Gotta get this picture pulled up. So if you've heard the story, then you've heard it once you've heard it a million times. So I bought my stuff used, and if you're familiar with bowling, you know, oh my, why does this, why do these pictures do this? It absolutely drives me crazy. <laughs> Let's see, get this moved around here. 
so yeah, anyway, um, sorry, squirrel. So if you're familiar with bowl, if you're familiar with bowling at all, then you kind of understand that uh, a lot of the bowling balls have counterweights in them to help them hook, right? Well, where the finger finger holes are put in the ball can drastically affect how that ball wants to be, what kind of shape the ball wants to roll in, and when it wants to hook, and how early it wants to hook, and how sharp it wants to hook. And also, the very interesting thing in this, it's very intriguing to me. I think it's why I get so fascinated in it, because it's trying to figure out how this all works. Not only does the counterweight affect how the ball hooks, how early it hooks, how sharp it hooks, how far it goes before it starts hooking, but the surface of the ball can also do that, because the lanes are oiled, and they're usually oiled um, really heavy in the middle, kind of dry on the outsides. And basically, the oil helps the ball skid down the lane before it hooks. So, if you have a really rough surface on a ball, like say you sand it, like people sand, the, sand their bowling balls, they polish them, they sand them, they kind of do that thing. If you take like a 500 grit pad to your bowling ball and then go out there and throw it, dude, it's probably going to go three quarters of the way down the lane, my ball anyway. It's going to go three quarters of the way down the lane and then just run off into the gutter. On the flip side of things, you bowl with a ball that's got like a really polished, really shiny, almost looks like a freaking car, like a clear coat on a car. And like 4,000 grit finish, man, it's going to zing on down through there and then break off and get into the pocket. Bang! Knocks all the pins everywhere, right? So I'm, I'm having uh, a friend of mine do a little bit of work to my bowling ball last night, my, hook, my, my ball that I bowl my hook with trying to help it be a little more controllable. So I got bored, sitting there waiting on him, whipped out the old spare ball, which the spare ball is meant to just go straight. If you can if you can twist and spin a ball hard enough, you can get it to hook and break into the pocket and, and still hook it a little bit. Well, I got bored and threw my spare ball for a game and bowled a 190. <laughs> bowled a 190. Like my goal since I've started bowling back in like September was to bowl a 200 game. I screwed myself twice here out of a clean game, both dumb shots. But I just thought it was funny <laughs> that, I, you know, everybody's paying all this money and doing all this crazy stuff with these bowling balls. I'm over here with this, you know, St. Louis Cardinals-looking visiball, they call it. I mean, it, it's it's uh, the craziest. It looks like a 10-year-old should own this bowling ball. And I'm out here just flat zinging it, knocking down strikes and getting spares and stuff. Kind of makes me wonder, like, I, I really don't know what I'm doing out here. But I love bowling. It's fun. It's fascinating. It's fun to watch. The science that goes into it, you know, the, the pattern of the oil down the lanes and the cover stocks of the balls and the, the way the balls are shaped. And you and I can throw a bowling ball and it's going to do two different things because of the axis that we send the ball on. The speed we throw the ball with, how many RPMs, how much rev, they call it rev rate, how many RPMs your ball has when it spins. Yours is going to be different than mine. We can throw the same ball and have two different reactions. It's crazy. It's absolutely mind-blowing to me. I'm just, I'm so fascinated with it. So, you know, maybe with this surcharge going up, maybe we just become the bowling hero for a year, just like Geo said here. (laughs) Maybe we just be the bowling hero. And the golf hero. But by no means am I saying we're golfers. We are not golfers around here. But it's a good time. Right? <laughs> Tony says, uh, <laughs> what's the pocket? I thought that's where Justin Fields drops back. It's where Justin Fields drops back and then runs for his life. 
Much like my bowling ball. It gets down there and then runs for its life. <laughs> yeah, the driving range hero. Yeah, yeah, Dennis, we can do that. So, like, I've mastered... I Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't believe I even used that word. I've gotten better at hitting a ball straight at, at the driving range. Yet to translate to the course, but hey, we're getting there, right? Top golf hero, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The top golf hero. Maybe we'll just go around tour and all the top golfs. What an idea, right? So I, I'm, I'm working on. All I want to do is hit it straight, man. I'm serious when I say, like, with a bounce and a roll, I'm, I'm driving a ball maybe 225. Chump stuff. I mean, absolute chump stuff. But it's straight. At the driving range, anyway, it's straight as an arrow. My irons are dialed in. My irons are good. If you can get me within about 75 yards of the cup, you're in trouble. But I got to get there first. <laughs> That's proven to be a challenge. Uh, back to bowling real quick. So Geo says the best way to rejuvenate a bowling ball is in the oven. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> there is... Um, theory and rumor around that and it does work so basically uh, the cover stock of the ball can soak up oil based on how it's made it's porous granted we can't see it it is porous if you like you can walk up there i saw a video of a guy um the, the the type of resin that can soak up oil he had oil on his finger and he put some on uh what they call it a reactive resin ball and then he put some on like a, a urethane ball which is basically just slick plastic and he came back a couple minutes later and the reactive ball that's meant to soak up the oil, you could barely see where his finger was. And on the urethane ball, it was just like he left it. So the idea behind put it in, putting it in the oven is to get the oil out of the pores of the ball. But what you have to be careful of with that is sometimes the cores, the counterweights of the balls, the, the weight block, they call it, um, those have been known to melt then you've got a mess on your hands. The, the ball itself isn't going to uh, melt in the oven. I'm sure if you got, obviously if you got it hot enough, it will, but you know, even on a low heat setting for uh, the wrong amount of time, if, depending on what the weight block is made out of, um, it can melt the weight block. So uh, that's why a lot of people say not to do that. Uh, a bucket of hot water works wonders. Um, that's what a bit, that's what I did with mine. Put it in a bucket of hot water. Um, they say you can use a smidge of like Dawn dish soap, just something to kind of, you know, obviously pull out a little bit more oil. And it's that's probably never been done since I bought my ball used. And that had probably never been done since that ball had been purchased off the shelf. And I'm going to tell you, it was crazy. The like film of crap that was on top of that bucket of water. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Man, Gio out here shooting 300s. I knew you were a pitcher. I didn't know you were a bowler. <laughs> Man, we got to get this bowling stuff off the screen before Brian gets here and gets mad at us. Okay, there we go. Now if Brian stops by, he won't be mad. Brian gets awful grumpy. Oh, speaking of grumpy, holy crap. <laughs> What's up, grumpy snacks? You trying to call in and get weird? What are you doing? <laughs> So, we got to turn 50 degrees to the right just to make sure. <laughs> Dennis, so to turn 50 degrees to the right, make sure my ball goes straight down the fairway. Yeah, so funny enough, we were golfing on Saturday 
our, our softball tournament got rained out. And the second it did, I'm immediately on the phone texting Q, wanting to know if he wanted to go golf. Like, hey, said softball's canceled. We're going golfing. <laughs> so we go out there. We're, we're playing, and the wind is blowing like crazy. So I got this idea. I'm like, yeah, wind's blowing. I'm just going to hit it this way a little bit so the wind carries it back. Hit the straightest shot of my life. Wind never brought it back. <laughs> so it, it, it can get you in trouble sometimes. <laughs> I'd have to do the whole Caddyshack routine and turn to the left when I swing. Yeah. <laughs> golf is fun. Maybe we should do like a BP Hero golf outing. Forget softball, right? Let's do golf. <laughs> Snacks sitting around eating some lemon cake. Showing up late to the show. All right, so one of the other topics I did want to cover. I have two left, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. I got, a, I, got, I got a little bit of Rambletron going there for a minute, but it's okay. We're going to survive, right? So. Ooh, the BP Hero Golf Scramble. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be real good. What an idea. What's the winner get? Does the winner get golf stuff or softball stuff? <laughs> so, something I want to discuss. I've debated talking about this topic for a long time. I did and then I didn't. I did and then I didn't. I did and then I didn't. But I'm just going to be honest. If I put out an invite to every single person that wanted to go hit, thanks for the invite. You never invite me to hit. Let me know next time you hit. You, know, you trying all these bats out. I'd love to come try them with you. I'm not saying that there's people that wouldn't show up and maybe they don't want to show up every time we go hit. Yeah, see, he snacks with his TFTI. He used to get me with this one all the time. So like I always said, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a group text and every time I'm going to go hit, I'm just going to put the location that I'm going to go hit in and what time I'm going to be there. And, and if you show up, you show up. <laughs> sick invite. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Dennis gets a sick invite. <laughs> Man, this stuff's frustrating. It's so frustrating. And there's a few different variables behind this one. The first one being, as far as like the last two or three years, I've been doing the reviews and stuff. Um, yeah, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you're you're going to figure out what I'm talking about here in a minute. We did try to get together. I really wish we could have. And, and Snacks, you're right. I can't please everyone. <clears throat> I was really looking forward to hitting with Jason. I always love meeting new people, especially like people not from the area. Because you always like to want to talk to talk about softball, like where they come from and and how they play and, and what they do and the style of the game and, and that kind of thing. And I just love meeting new people, man. I really do. And I didn't get a chance to hook up with him. I'm getting off topic here. So anyway, the last two or three years that, that Brian and I have been doing these reviews together, um, he has been a very instrumental part of the channel for me. One, because <laughs> your, your picture is everything. You ain't got a picture, you ain't got nothing. And two, <clears throat> he and I are like-minded in a lot of ways. 
but he he looks at things from like the same kind of approach that I do in terms of like deep thinking into why bats do certain things and is willing to like explore and think and be open-minded. And I'm not saying anybody else that never comes hits with this isn't this way, but it's just kind of become Brian and I's thing that we go hit together. So he's tried a lot of bats. He's been there. He's done it. He's done a lot of these bats with me. So I value his opinion. Like if Brian came up to me tomorrow and was like, Hey, I got a chance to swing this bat. I know you can't make it. Can I film this and post it? Just like Snacks with the senior reviews we're working on. Yes, I, I would totally do that. Brian wouldn't want to be, you know, doing the voiceover and all that stuff, but he, <laughs> I would make him write out a message and tell me what I needed to say, and then I would do it. I, I value Brian's opinion on all of this bat stuff, uh, whether it's feedback or weight or performance or what he thinks of this bat or what he thinks of this compared to this. He and I have just done this long enough that, like, sometimes there's two different ways this goes. Sometimes we just decide on a whim to hit. And the other times is, like, sometimes we just like it and call me selfish. Whatever you want to call me, I really don't care. Sometimes I just want to, like, hit the bat. And, like, the the more people we have show up to hit, the less swings that we get. It's good for content because it's not just the two of us beating on a bat, but it's bad in terms of like trying to review something because now I'm not putting usually the, the average review where Brian and I are, are passing a bat back and forth. We end up with about 100 to 120 swings on a bat to conclude our review. We kind of bounce the ideas off of each other, what it feels like, what it hits like, performance, do we feel like it's breaking in? We kind of bounce that stuff off of us. If you bring two more people in to hit, my swings are now cut in half. Or you got other people wanting to come hit. And, and like, I, I'm all for hitting and going out and jacking around and messing around. Like, if I'm not filming anything, dude, let's go out and just hit till our arms fall off. I'll let you hit whatever. I'll let you hit however many softballs you want. I don't care. But sometimes when we're just kind of doing a review thing, it's just like, uh, just the film crew is all we need, you know? Uh, I hate to be that way. I, I really and genuinely do. You know, I get people, oh, well, thanks for the invite. You know, I could have came and hit. Well, okay, first of all, you go hit all the time and I never get an invite. And that's not even, I'm not even directing this at anybody. This is just anybody that hassles me about me never calling them to hit. I My phone doesn't ring either. You know? And then there's the other side of it is like, I can't remember every single person every time I want to go hit. I just can't. And then if I go to inviting every single person, then here I am putting 10 swings on a bat to try and get a review on it. I got plenty of content. But I can't tell you anything about a bat swinging it 10 times. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie to you, it's hard doing it with 50 swings. Sometimes we'll have to hit it over a course of two days. Or sometimes we'll break in bats for the first day and then come back and hit it the second time to really like gather our thoughts. Like We're working on a bat right now. We're approaching 300 swings. And it is because you can't get a read. 
waiting on the next level of the bat to come, breaking wise. Compression's still really high. And now compression's starting to drop. It's starting to get good. Now we're ready to review it. If Brian and I are putting in these swings and we're working on this and we're doing our thing, like it's easy for us to say, hey, it's ready. But if I'm only swinging it 10 times because I've got so many people at BP, like, I, I don't know. Did I have a bad round or is the bat not ready? It's selfish. Sure, call it whatever you want, but that's the facts. It's the uh, scientist in me, you might say. You can't have too many scientists. You can't have a bunch of scientists in the lab all working on the same project. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Are there times where I love to have other people out to hit? Yes, because it is a change of scenery. It's it's new people. It's something new. It kind of keeps our brains and our minds going a little bit. And especially if it's something that like I, I know that we're, I'm going to be familiar with. I don't need a ton of swings with it. A perfect example, when Dylan comes out and hits with it. I love when Dylan comes out and hits with us. He's a good time. He's good vibes. He's not taking anything super serious. He's just there to hang out, get swings in with the boys. And like the, the last couple of reviews we did, the well, I guess he wasn't there for most of the Suncoast, right? Or am I wrong? I can't remember. But the Louisville, the Marshburn, like we knew what we were going to get out of that, right? That's easy. Swung enough Louisvilles last between this year, or sorry, between last year over the course of the winter and this year to know like this is what Louisville is going to do so that's easy that's super easy stuff like that is easy but there's times where like Brian and I just need to like kind of sit down and digest what we're doing sit down and think about what we're doing maybe not be so distracted so we can kind of sit and think and focus I know that sounds ridiculous when it comes like you're just hitting a softball right but it's just something that like frustrates me because like I'm a guilty conscience guy sometimes when it comes to like some of my friends that want to go hit with me or guys like I don't get a chance to hit with very often like I I do feel bad but man there's sometimes like we just we're just literally and Brian Brian understands and Brian's been there and, and I respect the fact so much that Brian is dedicated to the grind to say He'll look at me sometimes. He and I work together, and he'll look at me sometimes and say, "You know, we we got to hit this week. We got we got to get some content out. We got bats to film." Uh, he just he knows the deal. It's not that we want to hit. Maybe we got stuff going on, or we we make a day to hit for content. It's not just to go out and practice softball and get better, which obviously is the reason you're there. But he understands the grind. And I'm saying this, not posting a bat review in two weeks, but I, I've been so busy. But I uh, just about got one knocked out. That's a whole different deal for another day. And maybe it's it's friends not understanding the grind. Not, I wouldn't say call it respecting the grind. But it, it's just frustrating to get slapped in the face with a TFTI or a why didn't you tell me you were hitting or sick invite A, I don't get them either. I don't get your invites. Or B, sometimes, like I said, we just got to work. I hate to be that way. I hate to sound like a jerk. I hate to sound selfish. But the other side of it, too, is sometimes, you know, surely these people understand. And, and, you know, again, this isn't to call anybody out. This isn't one 
particular person. This isn't even a small group of people. This is just in general. Hey, let me know next time you hit. You let me know next time you hit. Right? You got hitting all the time. My phone never rings, but I'm supposed to call you every time I go hit. And rant. Also, Dennis is asking, uh, uh, how do I feel about what Eric, uh, son of God, uh, is doing in Texas with the cutting the bats open and putting them on the ban list and sanding off U-Trip logos? Uh, I'm not, so full transparency here. I don't keep up with a ton of Facebook softball drama. Sometimes by choice and sometimes like I, I just don't make the time. I won't say don't have the time. I won't make the time to sit down and keep up with the latest in the Facebook softball drama side of things. Uh, I, I vaguely uh, heard or mentioned someone. Uh, basically, if, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, this is basically a U-Trip director, correct? And he's taking it upon himself to go out and start testing bats. And if they test below a certain point, he's cutting them open or sanding stamps off of them. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that is the case. And how do I feel about that? If you're going to submit... Okay, two things. If you're going to submit a bat to be tested, then you have to be willing to understand what's going to happen because this is the second part. If he's telling you, look, if this bat tests below this point, this is going to happen. What do you expect? If you know what's going to happen, if you submit your bat and it, and it fails his criteria and he takes measures that he needs to take, what are, you, what are you mad about? And I applaud the fact that he is taking it upon himself to try and at least somewhat police the bat game. And it's not that he's calling everybody cheaters. But dude... Dude, bats these days are borderline unfair at times. It's absolutely wild. Sometimes, like I even, it's slowly becoming a thing with the 240s. Some of these bat companies are figuring this stuff out. But as far as like the 220s go, and again, like the Eastons and... Uh, the Eastons are the big ones to me. Uh, see, and this is like Brian and I kind of getting deep into thought. I wish that dude would come on here sometimes and just like bullshit with me. Bounce because like we bounce ideas off of each other. We talk through stuff, like deep think way too deep into some stuff. But it's just what we do. I, I love it. I wish he would come on here and just sit down and chat with me sometimes. But what we got here. Okay, so anyway. Yeah, the 220 Eastons were just insane. So, like, you've got Mikeins that will get down below 200. They'll get to 200. They'll get below 200. And they'll be good. They'll be hot. But, man, just the Eastons are just, like, next level. Like, the Eastons, especially, like, the last two or three years, 
they're at 240, 250. Within 50 swings, they're at 220. Within another 50 swings, they're at 200. Within another 100, they're at 180. And then they just live at 180 compression for like a thousand swings. That's just wild. And I'm not saying that like the Mikans and the worst may not do that, but the Mikans and the worst, once they get to like that, that 180 compression, it's like, man, I better put this down. But with the Easton's, it's like, oh no, that's my BP bat. You just beat on it and swing on it and do whatever you want with it. And man, what a sight. But, uh, you, you just you, you do whatever you want with it because you know it's not going to break. That's the stuff that's crazy, and that's the stuff that's scary. And, and relating to Dennis as a pitcher, I love it. If it was up to me right now, I think what this man should do, son of God, Eric, whatever you want to call this guy, what he should do is implement two, the 240 stamps. Yes, people are still going to cut the 240 stamps. And yes, I've seen some of the 240 stamp bats getting way under 200 way under 200 but it's just like anything remember when the 220 stamp first unveiled and the hang on I gotta open a bottle of water for my puny ass wife there you go <laughs> so when the 220s first rolled out you know it was like okay these bats are gonna get to 220 and then they're gonna fail shortly after But they didn't. They did for maybe a minute, especially like stuff like combat and stuff like that. But obviously, you know, durability issues in the combats, yada, yada. But it's just like anything. Obviously, we're seeing the 240s get way below. I had a couple of different 240s in my compression tester that I have not reviewed and I have not swung. And I am fairly confident in saying our stock I had one of them testing 160 and another one testing like 190. So, yeah, I mean, the 240s are supposed to help. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But at the end of the day, the 240 is better for the game, in my opinion. Because not every bat, you got to think of the, the, this from the other side. The glass half full is not every bat is testing 160. Not every bat is testing 180. There are still lots of bats that are over 200. Really, I mean, to me, even 200, I'm not talking in terms of pass or fail, but 200 is still, like, pretty lively, keeps you on your toes. But, man, you you, you start talking about, like, the 170, 180 range, and, and shit just gets dangerous. <laughs> I mean... There's just no other way around it. So, circling back. Do I agree with what he's doing? Yeah, I do. I'm here for it. I I genuinely think that it just... Adam said it earlier. It's just going to push guys to go play somewhere else. But... At least he doesn't have to sit around and worry about this person swinging this, this person doing that, this pitcher getting hit, 
these people getting hit with that. Um, I saw a situation at Winter Worlds. Uh, a, a player that I, I feel like has a pretty good set of hands on him got absolutely melted on the infield. And this player was 160 pounds soaking wet. Soaking wet. And made this person look absolutely defenseless on the infield. And then you can hear them in the background talking, oh yeah, you should have seen all the home runs he was hitting, you know, a couple weekends ago, you know, when he was down here. Like, what? Things like that. Things like that is why that man wants his compression tester. I'm not calling BS. I'm not saying that, that this person's equipment wasn't better than mine. I know everything in my bag of stock. But, man, he sure does leave the mind to wonder. You know? And Mike again, yes. Uh, Mike says that's why 52 is his preferred ball. Uh, the hard ball getting smoked. It is just dangerous. Yeah, it is. And I'm a big fan of the 52. And, yes, shave bats still do make a difference with the 52s. No question. But not near the drastic difference as it does with a 44. A shave bat with a 52, you can still gain 20-ish feet. It can still take you from a pop fly guy to a to a home run guy. But it's nothing like a, a pro M. Like I could, I, I say could because I have one time in the videos on the channel, I swung a shave bat. And thought to myself, like, my God, I could swing this in a game? Not could, but, you know, pe people swing these in games? I guess no wonder. I'm taking half swings and, and hitting balls 330 with, with hard balls. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. <laughs> so that's funny. Dennis says, uh, as soon as... Uh, the guy started posting all the stuff where he was going to start testing bats. He saw 10 posts on the dark market selling a shave bat, and all were from Texas. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it weeds out the guys real quick. I remember the first year that they uh, said they were going to compression test for ASA. Again, it's just kind of one of those, if you know softball, you know bats, and you know a swing, and you know what a good swing is, and you just see some of the things that happen around you, and you just know... You know, you play enough softball, you've been around, you you can just tell by the way a guy hits a ball or some of the stuff that he hits and he shouldn't be. You can just tell, right? There was a couple of those situations floating around. And lo and behold, compression testing comes out and out come all these new bats. And guess who didn't hit worth a damn? I love it. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Jason, yeah. Uh, Jason says the 52s are so bouncy on the infield. They are. The one thing I'll say is if you're going to play with 52s, you got to commit. It, it's hard to play with a 52 once or twice a year. I can relate to it because we've played a ton of U-Trip the last couple of years. And if we've, it's been a couple months playing U-Trip and then we go back to, or even in SA where they hit a 44, 400, and then you go back to ASA, Man, it can be a bit of a shocker. Like, 
the bounces the ball takes, the way the ball carries. But the, the flip side of it is, is it, it's it's a hitter's ball. If you can hit, you can hit a 52, no matter what. But they are bouncing on the infield. You have to understand how they're going to bounce. Like if I can tell you just from, from seeing it so many times and playing with them enough, and even being on the infield, if you get a chopper, you're going to get one bounce, you're going to get a second bounce, and then the third one is going to bite your lips off. Don't care what, don't care who hit it, don't care how much spin it's got on it. One bounce, two bounce, the third one's going to get you. Because the ball is is it's spinning so fast it hasn't grabbed the ground yet. So the first time it hits, it hasn't grabbed. The second time it hits, it hasn't grabbed. But it's starting to slow down. So the third time when it hits, that ball sponges, hits the ground, flattens out, and just shoots. Once you figure out how to read those and kind of see the bounces, read the bounces, be ready for the big bounce makes a world of difference. But it's something, if you only see it once or twice a year, it can it can eat you up. It can make a good infielder look bad. No question about it. And tur- it's even worse on turf. 52s on turf is pretty damn wild. Pretty wild. And I don't know what to do about that. Because, like, they'll, they'll either they'll skip or they'll... They, they're, they're so strange because, like, they'll almost... Even the choppers, that's the thing with the turf. You know, talking about the choppers, you one bounce, two bounce, and the third one will jump up on you. Even on turf, it'll just it'll just skip across the turf, just boing, boing, boing. It's, it's crazy. It's kind of wild looking. But in general, yeah, the, the, the two things you can do to combat it is 52s and 240 bats. Use the two together. Who gives a damn? U-Trip makes a classic plus. Use it. Big fan of 52s, though here to tell you right now and if the BP hero ever hosts a tournament he's using 52s and he's compression testing bats what do you think of that <laughs> alright so one last question and this is actually what I was wanting my wife to be on here for but she, she declined the invite so you guys can get mad at her we're trying to figure out where to go for vacation. Can't quite figure out what we want to do. Thinking like a day's drive from like smack dab in the middle of Missouri. Thinking somewhere. I, I'd like to go to Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a big zoo guy. Love zoos. If, if you're here for softball, softball content's over because I'm talking about this and then we're going. Big, big zoo guy. I really like zoos and I like aquariums even more. Just who I am. I'm a child, I guess. I don't know. Just, like, something about an aquarium is just, like, the most soothing and most awesome thing ever. So, there's the zoo there. It's a pretty highly rated zoo. Then it's got an aquarium built into it. There's an aerospace center. There's a kids' museum. Uh, There's there's, uh, a decent amount of stuff to do in Omaha. So, we're, we're thinking Omaha. Week of the 4th. Go over, play the major in Kansas City. Then when all that's over with, hop in the car, head up yonder, spend a few days up there, come home, and call it a success. That's what we're thinking. Uh, Snacks says the uh, Diamond Farm in Arkansas. Whereabouts in Arkansas is that? Because my wife's really been on me to go to Branson. 
She loves Branson. It's not that I don't enjoy Branson. And maybe I should quit being selfish and take my kids down there. My kids have never really like been to Branson and got to enjoy Branson. But to me, it's like one of those, I've already been there. I already know what to do there. It's not that I don't enjoy that, but I want to go do something new. And I also hate tourist traps. And if you got like these crazy, awesome ideas, like things we should go do or things, things we should see, like drop them, drop me a link, drop me a link, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Show me where it's at. What you think? Have you done it? What interests you about it? What other stuff is there to do? We got to figure out what to do. Yeah. Snack says Branson is for old people. Yeah. But I'll tell you what though. I don't care who says what. I don't care if it's shut down. I'll break in. You got to ride the ducks while you're in Branson. You have to. You have to ride the ducks. You absolutely have to. So yeah, maybe we could uh, go to Branson and then go down to the Diamond Mine. That would be kind of fun. Uh, I thought about Hannibal would be fun. Uh, those if you, you got to be familiar with the area to kind of pick up what I'm putting down here. Um, Hannibal, Missouri, very historic town, lots of caves and things like that. My my thought process was go to Omaha for a few days and then um, kind of snake over and down and maybe hit up Hannibal and catch a Cardinals game maybe. We got to do some BP Hero outings, by the way. We should do like we should see if we can get enough people in, like get a box, get a, get like a, a a box and just hang out there, just the guys, right? Taking a Cardinals game, do guy stuff, talk about boobies and softball, and baseball and football, and golf and bowling and boobies. Just guy stuff, right? Women are allowed, but they have to be willing to talk about golf and softball, baseball, football, boobies. But they're allowed too. Jesus, look out. Just dropped a bottle on the floor. So maybe we could do that. I thought about doing a Cardinals game, getting a box. And then the conference championships, believe it or not, for whatever reason, the UAAA Conference Championships, not the, the big World Series, major World Series and all that stuff, but the Conference Championships are in Kansas City this year. I thought that would be a really fun trip. Take a couple days off and go do that. Everybody get together, watch some games. Obviously, I my, my opinion, yes, the championship games are on Sunday. The spectacle of those events is Saturday night. Because all of your, your good teams are starting to... Uh, you know, work their way through the bracket. Or if a team is hot, they're working their way through the bracket. They're red hot. They're mowing through teams. They're putting up runs. They're doing their thing. Saturday night is the spectacle of the softball there, in my opinion. I would like to do that. For sure would like to do that. And I'm, I'm up for uh, doing a Cardinals box sometime as well. That would be a lot of fun. Geo and snacks and... Uh, maybe Mike comes in, Jason makes his way back in, whoever else wants to come. Maybe we go out, catch a night game, right? Or even a day game, or what if we got wild? Hit morning BP, caught a Saturday night game, and then a Sunday game. Sunday night baseball, or maybe we do a Saturday night game, go out and hit BP Sunday morning, and then catch the Sunday night game, Cards and Cubs. Wild, right? 
Let's think about it. Follow up. Because I've really got this idea rolling. I'm going to go check the schedule and see what the Cardinals games are looking like now. (laughs) Subscriber meetup. Sometime this year. We're doing it. Thank you guys for stopping in. Checking out the podcast. I said it was going to be a short one. And it ran over. Swing hard in case you hit it. BP Hero. Catch you next time.